Chapter One of Bible Defense of Slavery by Josiah Priest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One That we may elucidate the subjects alluded to on the title page of this work, it is of importance to ascend very high toward the beginning of time in this investigation, even up to the creation of the first human pair. By this method, and this only, do we hope to arrive at length to a knowledge of the desired objects. To ascertain the true origin of the Negro, or African race, at the very threshold of the work, is exceedingly appropriate, as, without such a discovery, we shall appear to wander where no light shines to illumine the way, amidst the mazes of ancient times. How often do we hear questions like the following? From whence came the Ethiopian or black man? Who was his father? Did he spring from Adam or some other race? Can it be that from one and the same source the white, black, and red portions of mankind proceeded, with all the hues and shades of complexion which mark the human race? If so, is it not exceedingly mysterious that there is not now, nor never has been, the occurrence of a variety so marked and distinctive, as is black, white, and red, proceeding from the same parents naturally? Surely, if nature, in the beginning, or in the first ages, produced from the same origin different races of men, as to their complexions and physical constitutions, she ought to produce the same, in these later ages, in order to be consistent with herself in this particular, as she is known to be in all others. These are questions the first to arise, whenever this subject is referred to, by the inquisitive and the lovers of knowledge. But as we pass in the prosecution of the work, we hope to answer the above queries, and show the reader the true origin of the negro race, as well as that of the others, the white and red. There having been, in reality, but these three on the earth, as the yellow and the brown, with all the other shades, are but derived from an amalgamation of the three others, which were prior and radical as we shall show in due order. On this subject, nature, or rather God in nature, has instructed us that without the intervention of divine power, there could, and never would have been, but one general complexion of the people of the globe, and that one complexion would have been like the first parents, whatever that complexion was. If the first two of mankind were created white, they could never have been the parents of black and red men. If they were created red, they could never have been the parents of black and white men. If they were created black, they could never have been the parents of white and red men, as they could naturally procreate only their own complexion. Since the creation of man upon the earth, there never was produced from the same parents 
a variety of complexion except in the case of the albinos production which is now considered to be only the effect of disease this particular the producing of varieties is a trait of the nature of beasts but not of man who in this particular are more fixed being created in a way which has set them above the winds and the weather as it relates to his physical being here it is proper to inquire what then was the complexion of the two first of the human race adam and eve and the antediluvian world their offspring in relation to this extremely curious as well as interesting subject we shall first refer to a very ancient and very learned historian namely flavius josephus who says in his work on the antiquities of the jews book one page twelve that adam the first man was created red the following are his words Quote, god took dust from the ground and formed man and inserted in him a spirit and a soul this man was called adam which in the hebrew tongue signifies one that is red because he was formed of red earth compounded together for of that kind is virgin or true earth Close quote. the kind of earth which josephus calls virgin or pure earth was no doubt of a very peculiar character and appearance or he would not have called it pure or virgin earth in distinction from all the other earths of the globe of which it is said that there are nine how this man came by a knowledge of this circumstance we cannot tell except he derived it from the term adam or from a tradition of the patriarchs arising out of that circumstance his creation from red earth and handed down from the house of noah for this very reason doubtless it was written by moses genesis chapter five verse two that god called the two parents of the human race by but one name which was that of adam in which name was comprehended as well their natures as their complexion god did not give the first woman the name of eve it was adam who did this when he saw that she was to become the mother of all the human race adam was the name which god gave to the woman as well as to the man at first as shown above from the text of moses this circumstance should not be allowed to pass till it shall have made its due impression upon the mind of the reader which is as follows male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name adam in the day when they were created in accordance with this statement of josephus in rendering a reason why god called the first two human beings by but one name and that name being adam or the red man and woman we find that the hebrew language establishes that the words adam adama adamai 
and adma have all a similar meaning first adam as above signifies earthy man red second adama signifies red earth or blood third adamai signifies my man red earthy human fourth adma signifies earthy red or bloody all of which words are of the same class and spring from the same root which was adam signifying red or copper color from a view of this fact it is difficult to account for the reason of the name of the first man and woman unless they were created red instead of white or black as it is well known that the hebrew language is governed in its power of naming visible existences as of animals fowls fishes etc by their appearances or natures and frequently by both as in the case of the name adam which not only represents the hue of his skin but that also of his intellectual existence or human nature thus this jewish historian as well as the genius of the hebrew language furnishes us with a clue like the golden thread in the labyrinth of the subterranean palace of ancient thebes leading to the right conclusion on this subject namely that adam with all the antediluvian race were red or a copper colored people but on this subject there is other testimony corroborative of the above though but incidentally afforded and yet is of the highest possible authority this evidence is found in the writings of moses in the book of genesis chapters five and eleven in this book is written by a competent hand a brief yet perfect history of the cosmogony of the earth as well as a narrative of the births and deaths of the patriarchs from the beginning to the time in which he lived a lapse of years consisting of two thousand five hundred and fifty-three and about one thousand four hundred eighty-one years before the birth of josephus who was a mere lad at the time of christ's crucifixion this incidental evidence in relation to the belief that adam was created red is afforded by moses in tracing the genealogical descent of one of the sons of adam namely that of seth from his father down to the patriarch jacob who was the immediate progenitor of the twelve tribes of the house of israel now as the jews are red or a dark copper-colored race in their pure and unamalgamated condition aids in proving that adam was also of the same complexion because seth an immediate son of adam and eve was the direct progenitor of the hebrew or jewish people commonly called the lineage of the holy seed see genesis as above alluded to chapters five and eleven also chapters twenty one twenty five and thirty five 
where the true genealogy of that race is traced out, coming down from Adam to Noah, then from Noah to Abraham, and from thence to Jacob, the head of the twelve tribes of the Jews. To please the curious, we will give an extract from those chapters of the book of Genesis chapter 5, 11, 21, 25, and 35, respecting this genealogy, which is as follows. Seth, the son of Adam, was the father of Enos, who was the father of Canaan, who was the father of Mahalalel, who was the father of Yahed, who was the father of Enoch, who was the father of Methuselah, who was the father of Lamech, who was the father of Noah, who was the father of Shem, who was the father of Arphaxad, who was the father of Salah, who was the father of Eber, who was the father of Peleg, who was the father of Reu, who was the father of Serug, who was the father of Nahor, who was the father of Terah, who was the father of Abraham, who was the father of Isaac, who was the father of Jacob, who was the father of the twelve tribes of Israel. Thus the genealogy of the descent of the Jews is made out, and as it is well known that the Jews, in their pure and unamalgamated state, are red, or copper-colored, we prove by this fact, in connection with the foregoing evidence, that the antediluvians, with the father of the human race, were red men and women. But, if it is necessary to add any other circumstance, corroborative of the above conclusion, we may mention that the Arabs or Ishmaelites are red or copper-colored, as well as the Jews, and are alike the descendants of Abraham, who was of the race of Shem, as above shown, one of the sons of Noah. In the existence of the Arabs, we have a tangible and abiding evidence that the Jews were a people who were copper-colored, as the Arabs are brethren of the Jews, and have never mixed their blood with that of other people, as much as the Jews have. The reason why they have not, is the peculiar location of their country, it being situated along the eastern coast of the Red Sea in Asia Minor, and is an almost unapproachable desert of sand, in the very heart of Arabia, where, from the remotest ages they have subsisted in wandering hordes, living, many of their tribes, wholly by rapine and plunder, amalgamating but little with other nations, who have been deterred from conquering the country by the horrid desert and storms of flying sand, so that they have remained a distinct aboriginal people from the age of Abraham and Ishmael, the son of Abraham, in the very face of all the surrounding countries, the same in every age. Thus, from the foregoing facts, we believe it is made clear that the complexion of Adam, Eve, and the antediluvians were neither black nor white, but red only. Some, however, 
and persons of high reputation too, have imagined that Adam was created black, and that his descendants have, in many cases and countries, been changed into other hues and complexions by the action of the elements. But had this been the fact, Adam would not have been called Adam. Some other word or appellation would have been his name, as we shall further show by and by. In relation to this subject, should the reader desire to know why we have followed the line or genealogy of Seth, the third son of Adam, when the scripture speak of two other sons, and Jewish history of at least thirty, and of as many daughters, why, therefore, select this Seth in preference to all the others? The answer is, the descendants of all the other sons were lost in the flood, there remaining, even of this lineage, the family of Seth. But one thread, and this was Noah. There was, therefore, no other genealogy to trace. Most people in Christian countries have imbibed the opinion that Adam, Eve, the Antediluvians, the Jews, the old prophets and patriarchs, were all white men, most assuredly. But this is a mistake, as is evident from the foregoing. Adam, therefore, in his primitive condition, before he had fallen, and covered his limbs with clothing, was a glorious personage to look upon, being of a bright ruddy red, like an image of gigantic size, formed of native copper, instinct with life and motion. Thus, when he moved in the groves of paradise, he glowed in the sun's rays like some celestial being, gathering from the down-bending limbs of the trees the ripe but newly created fruit. Such was Eve also, his heaven-made bride, though less in stature and more delicately shaped. From her head, formed so as no Greek could sculpture from Parian marble, there fell a silken shower, the black and glossy tresses of her hair, like the glory of the heads of angels, as written by St. Paul. Far below her sylph-like waist, enshrouding all her person as with a robe, in the gleamy tissues of attenuated jet, while through this, as the winds softly whispered and played therewith, was seen the bright and fulgent limbs of the first of womankind. Every motion of her agile form showed her to be the immediate work of God, while the red flush of health and immortal vigor mantled her bosom and whole person like the deep tints of the early sun, flashing athwart the disk of a cloud, varying every moment as she changed her attitudes, and the various passions of her sinless soul mingled and flowed through her being. But Adam was of a mightier caste, all the powers of his body and mind being more dauntless and masculine. Decision and force sat enthroned on his face, beamed in his eye, and was redolent on every limb, 
well fitted and formed to become the head of the newly made world and the race of gigantic nations of the antediluvians whose lives reached for many ages the vast amount of nearly a thousand years such was the first man and woman of the human race but were somewhat changed by the entrance of sin which not only affected the hearts and natures of adam and eve and their race but tinged the beauty of their complexion changing it from a bright florid red to the dark hue of common copper and awfully agreed with the still darker passions of their fallen souls who in this image brought forth their progeny red in complexion and be clouded in mind thus god ordained and this was surely right that the first man should not be black nor white but of copper hue a gloomy red halfway between the two our primal head end of chapter one